Jesus, we thank you, Lord, that we are in your house once again. And we praise you for it. And we thank you for it, Lord. This is the place to be. And this is the day that you, Heavenly Father, have made. And we are indeed rejoicing. And we are glad in it because of you and who you are. And we're thankful, Lord, that we can take time and give you praise all together, corporately, together, in a building, with your church. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be your holy name. Well, um, my little series that I'm doing, my minute series, um, has to do with uh, different um, healings and different things that Jesus has done for me. And um, because I think people, you know, they want to hear our testimonies. Uh, yes, for encouraging, uh, for encouragement. And so um, some people in, uh, that are here may have heard this uh, story. Some people may not have. Those that are online may not have heard this uh, story, but this one is near and dear. They're all near and dear. I mean, we all know that. When Jesus deals with you, it is fresh every single day. It really is. So what happened was I was in a car wreck. This was probably about a year ago. And I felt my upper vertebrae snap because if, you know, you're in a car wreck most of the time, you know, you're going to have a body jerk somewhere and so my head snapped. And so that meant my vertebrae snapped. And so, um, you know, uh, the police came and all the things that you have to do to report it and so forth. And they said, would you like to go to the doctor? Would you like to go to the hospital? And, and that day I chose not to because my thought process there was, I'm going to ask Jesus to do a work. Now, don't get me wrong. I believe in doctors. I go to doctors. Uh, I have a prescription that I take and all those things. But... Uh, the doctor is there to assist Jesus. And that is how, uh, that's how I look at going to the doctor. In this case, I wanted to go directly to Jesus. So anyway, um, the next day I took off of work because I was still a little shook up. And so I got in my prayer closet and nobody was there at the house with me. No one was there to lay a hand on me to pray for me. I thought, okay, Jesus, it's, it's you and me here now. So I laid my hand on myself. And I prayed for the Lord to touch me. I said, Lord, I know you healed me 2,000 years ago. I want to receive that healing now. I want to receive that fresh healing so, one thing I do want you to know is that about my vertebrae, when I would turn my neck back and forth like this, as we do throughout the day, it sounded 
within me, I could hear, it almost sounded like cement blocks rubbing against each other. And I wanted God to touch that. And so when I prayed and I asked him to touch me, do you know that I heard my vertebrae snap back into place, people? And it, they were right back here. But God did something else, too. As I looked up to heaven, I saw a, uh, a cloth from heaven, a spiritual cloth from heaven, come down and lay right here on my head. And, of course, right then is when my vertebrae snapped back into place. I say that was a prayer cloth from heaven. Jesus sent me a prayer cloth. I didn't know really anything about prayer cloths. I mean, you know, I'd been a Christian for all these years and all that. I'd seen them. I'd observed, you know, ministers praying over them and handing them out and people getting excited and all that. And I would think, that is so wonderful. And by faith, you know, I believed in prayer cloths. But when you have your own personal experience with something, doesn't it make a difference? So when I saw that coming down from heaven, I thought, God is sending me a prayer cloth. Oh, I was ready to do cartwheels all over the house. I'm telling you now. I was thrilled. And so anyway, I could not wait to see my husband, to tell him what had happened. And he was just as thrilled. I'll tell you, we serve an awesome Savior that cares about each and every one of us. We've all been in situations where we have thought to ourselves, and we're, we're thinking to ourselves privately, you know, okay, God's forgotten about me, God's forgotten about me, and what have you, and all that. But no, God sees that thought. And God hasn't forgotten about anybody. And he knows what's going on with each and every one of you. And so may I encourage you today that God knows your heart. He knows what you're going through. He knows uh, the trials, spiritual, physical, whatever they are. And he took time to send me a prayer cloth from heaven to lay right here at my head. And as he did that, those vertebrae snapped back into place. I call that a miracle. I really do. And I'm thankful. And I thank him for it. Lord, we thank you, Jesus, uh, for situations and circumstances, Lord, where you come in and you take care of. Lord, it wasn't your will for that car accident to happen. But Lord, it, it simply did, but you cause all things together to work for your good. And you cause that situation to work for my good, to increase my faith, to help me, to open my own personal eyes to prayer cloths and the need for them and how wonderful they are. There's so much in what you did, Jesus, at that moment. I could go on and on, but I thank you, Lord, for it. 
I praise you for it, Lord. You're so wonderful, and you work mighty and great miracles and works. And if there's anybody under the sound of my voice who had a hiccup along the way, and you said, okay, God, it's just not happening for me. I can't do this thing. You let go of him. Or you don't even know him. Come to him today. Why don't you come to him today? He loves you. He knows who you are. He knows exactly where you are spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally. He knows where you are. And he's reaching out his hand to you and saying, take it because I've got plans for you. Not to harm you, but I've got plans for you to give you hope and a bright future. We love you, Lord. We invite you into our hearts. We ask that you would forgive us for anything we said, did, thought, anything. And now we accept you as our Savior. I hope you prayed that prayer because it will be the most important decision and prayer that you have ever prayed in your life. Find a church that can disciple you. A church that is full of God. The pulse here is full of God. With God's people. Get to that place. Come here. Worship. And learn how to walk in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That was wonderful, honey. Thank you so much. And she has many stories like that. And she's, in fact, had an out-of-the-body experience as well. And so um, it is uh, amazing uh, to live with her and watch how God works with her and talks to her. I'm John Sandy. That is Cynthia, my wife. This is the Paulson Gasaway. And we're so glad to have you with us, whether you're listening live, you're in the class today, uh, or you are listening on delay. We're, we want to let you know if you're listening on delay, you're still on time. And we're glad to have you along with us. You can help us greatly if you'll do a little simple thing for us and hit like and share. Go to wherever you're listening to this at, whether it be Facebook or YouTube, and hit like and share. And if you'd like to hit subscribe for notifications, we'd love that. And if you want to leave a comment, maybe a prayer request, maybe a praise report, whatever is something you would uh, need prayer for. We're here. That's why we're here. We do this. Uh, the Lord called me out of teaching to work in the ministry and do these things, and this is what I'm trying to do. So we are here for you. This is why we're here. We talk about how much Jesus loves us, but if we really realize and have a revelation that he not only loves you, but he is love, it will radically change your life as Cynthia experienced. Because what Jesus did for her is something he's already done for all of us. And we simply need to take that. You know, you're not saved by grace. You're saved by grace through faith. That means there's a response we have to give Jesus if we want to get saved. And the same thing for healing. There is a response he's waiting for for us to receive. We're not waiting for God to decide whether he's going to heal you. We're not even waiting for God to heal us. He says, by my stripes you were. That's past tense, already done, in the bank, with your name on it. Amen. So we've been, we just finished up a series on spirit, soul, or body, pick your destiny. 
We broke down the body, the spirit, the soul in three different categories and how important it was for us to walk in the spirit. Sunday morning, I preached on out of the boat into God's will. And we talked about how important it was that we don't live just in the natural as in the boat, but we, we live in the supernatural. Your enemies are not the people you work with. There are, there are principalities and principles uh, that live in other realms. And there are three basic types of heaven. There's the earthly heaven we know with our sky. There is the demonic heavens. And then there is God's heavens. And in order to defeat the devil, you must operate like he does. Well, what do you mean? Well, he operates in spiritual realms, but the Bible also tells us, as I brought out last week, is that he, uh, he dwells on earth a physical planet. God's wanting you and I to do the same thing, to operate in spiritual realms, but in the physical earth, we are to manifest his gifts. We are to manifest his callings in our life. Jesus wants you to not wrestle with people you work with. He doesn't want you to fight with people who argue. An argument is never a good thing. Argument simply is when you're forcing your thoughts on someone else. It's not a discussion. God doesn't want you to argue. There's nothing to be won. One great man of God that my wife and I worked with told us a story about how he saw two men arguing on the street corner. And one finally lowered his head and walked away. And God spoke to him when he saw this. He says, he may have won the argument, the other gentleman, but he lost the war. He lost the battle. He lost the soul. We're not out to prove that we're right. That's not our job. Our job is to live right so that that will prove to people that we're right. Let your walk, let your yay be yay and your nay be nay. Today we're going to start a new series. First, my, I like to do a notable quotable. A lot of times it's little things the Lord gives me, and I have some in my message today also. But my notable quotables, I got two of them for you today. The first one, you can't operate in the gifts until the gifts are operating in you. You can't work them up. You can't earn them with a degree. You can't make them manifest. You know, there are some people that have had gifts. I heard Pastor James Ray share this just last Wednesday. There are people that have operated in the gifts, and they got into disobedience, and those gifts were no longer in operation the same. So they would fake it. There are people that will fake it. You cannot fake the gifts. Either God is operating through you or he isn't. So you can't operate in the gifts until the gifts are operating in you. And that's through your obedience and response to his call. The second one, we must first be able to operate in the spiritual realm before it can manifest in the natural. This is part of what we shared in our last message. You must first be able to operate in the spiritual realm before you can manifest in the natural. You may remember the brothers from Skivo who thought they could um, take on the devil. And what did they say to them? The devil said, I know who Paul is, and I know who Jesus is, but who are you? And they beat him up so severely that they ran away naked. You don't think that was a story going around town the next day? You can't fake it, folks. Now, you can fool people. Yeah, you can fool people, and you can just carry it so far. 
but it will catch up with you. But you can't fake it. Never can. Our new topic starting today, our first uh, part one, is an, an unusual title, one I wrestled with a little bit, I'll admit, called Don't Share Your Brain. Now, as a former art teacher, I used to like a particular book that I read entitled Drawing on the Right Side of the Brain. Now, the reason why it was called that is because the right side is considered the creative side, the left side, the cognitive side. So as an art teacher, I would tell my students every once in a while, I said, my job is to teach you how to see. That's my job. The reason why I'm an artist that maybe you're not or think you're not is that I look at things differently. I see things differently. In fact, I can take an image of something, and you can, if I say to you, small brown dog, you immediately get an image of a dog, small and brown. We all do that. But can you look at that image and draw at the same time? And that's something that I would try and learn to do as an artist. Is I would call, it's called my art morgue. I would collect things in my mind. I would study things and remember them. How the, wa- how the light reflected off water, uh, the, boy, the way the water beaded on a car. I mean, every little thing I would study, the veins in a leaf, how the leaves would change slowly from one color to another. What colors were they? what older leaves looked like, fresh leaves looked like. And I would store these thoughts in my mind. And as I would go to draw things or even teach, I would just automatically go to the board, and from those memories, I would draw something on the board, the things I have stored. Now, your mind will store good things, and it can store bad things. It's a well that collects ideas. They tell you that You know how you hear when you learn something, you get a new wrinkle in your brain. So we today, we're going to start on a series that talks about what it means in the spiritual realm to not share your brain. It is one thing to share your thoughts, and it's another thing to share your brain or your mind, two in one. We can share thoughts. We can tell people what we're thinking, but to allow people to have access to your brain and your thoughts, that's a whole different game, and that's something that we have to be very careful to guard against. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Isaiah 26, verse 3 from the New King James Version. It says, you will keep him in perfect peace. I like that thought, perfect peace. Wow. You mean no matter what's going on, the storms we talked about last Sunday, you mean I can still have peace? Jesus did. He slept in a boat. Water was in the boat slushing around. He was still sleeping. And there's different reasons for that. I believe he knew where God was taking him, and one way or another, he was going to get there. And so he wasn't concerned about things getting in the way. Secondly, I believe he had such confidence and peace in his spirit that it translated into the body, and that's what we talk about manifesting in the flesh. So, you will keep him in perfect peace, but how do we do that? Whose mind is stayed on you. Stayed. Mind translates into the word yet, sir. The term for mind is yet, sir, and that word translates into the word imagine. And you've heard me talk about this. You have to see it before you can see it. You have to imagine it. 
Folks, it's not a bad idea at all during your prayer time to sit and meditate on the Lord. What does that mean? Think about it. Think about those things which are good. We're going to talk about that. Keep your mind stayed, it says. So, as you begin to go through your day, you and I are going to be tempted to look at the storms to the left and right. We get a phone call, bad news, and a storm rushes in, and our mind is now challenged to stay on him. But the word promises that if we do keep our mind stayed on him, that it obviously makes sense that we can have what is called perfect peace. I know we look at life and say nothing's perfect, nothing's permanent. <clears throat> well, the world we live in does give us those choices. But in the spiritual realm, as I mentioned, if we operate in the spiritual realms, then we will find ourselves being more consistent. And that's a key word for us. One thing that really has hurt us as believers, folks, everything that goes wrong in this world to a certain extent, you can put it right on the church. If the church was where it should be, and God was flowing in the services and manifesting, and we take it out with us to work, we would not have the mess we have today. The church has failed. And I've mentioned this before. Many, many, many years ago, it used to be that the, the movie industry would go to the Catholic church to find out what they would approve of. We certainly have lost that authority, haven't we, folks? And, of course, a lot of people believe it started with Gone with the Wind when uh, the word D-A-M was used uh, for the first time. And that seemed to open the door for other things to start. Now look at where we are now. We got things that the church is so deceived. It's not only failed the world, it's failed the church. And we have people doing all kinds of crazy things that are completely contrary to the Word of God, but we've chose to interpret it differently. But you see, if your mind has stayed on Him, you are consistently hearing the truth. That's the key. Because you and I can create our own little facts. In fact, you can take facts and pervert them. You can take facts as a final destination in your mind, and it's not. Facts are, can be accurate, but they're limited. Truth transcends all facts. And how do I mean that? Well, we may think that there are certain things that happen that we say, well, the, the fact is this, this, and this. But then later on, someone else does research and finds out, but you know what? If you add this, it does, now it does this. So that fact was true, but once you gain greater knowledge then all of a sudden the facts were expanded to, to involve a greater truth to expand on. And that's what, that's what truth does. Truth wills through all the incomplete information, all the partial facts and limited information. Truth will cause you and I to have a, can I say, a holistic view of the universe. What we see with our cameras and our eye in the sky are very limited. These recent te telescope images that they sent back just show us how much more we've learned and yet still only scratching the surface. They say the universe is ever expanding. That doesn't surprise me. God is a moving and a growing God. He is always on top of everything. 
you'll never catch him off guard. You'll ne they never asked Jesus one question. We talked about this just the other day. They never asked Jesus one question that he didn't have a profound answer. Do you know why? Because he was truth. When Satan tried to get him in the desert and fool him with the word by perverting it, because Jesus was the word and it dwelt in him, he responded with truth. See, Satan tried to throw facts at him in his eyes. This is a fact. Well, if you're hungry, turn the stone to bread. He was appealing to his five senses. And this is what the devil would do with you and I. He will appeal to your five senses to get you to maneuver into an area he wants you to be. And what we have to do is learn to walk in the spirit. Stay in the spirit. Keep our mind stayed on him. Because if we don't, we are dropping our guard and all of a sudden, other thoughts come in, and people start to inhabit part of your brain. It's no longer sharing their opinion, their thoughts. They've now influenced you to the point where you have settled for less. You settled for facts that were not the whole truth. Well, the facts say this and this. Have you ever noticed in the world <clears throat> that they'll go with facts as long as it supports what they believe? Have you ever noticed that? Oh, yeah. Abortion. Oh, woman's right to her own body. That was like the ultimate, that was the holy grail for those that support abortion. Then all of a sudden, they start doing 3D ultrasounds. And they start seeing and learning things about how a child sucks its thumb in six weeks. How a child has its own DNA after so many weeks. Well, see, the facts were going against what they wanted to believe. And I will tell you this, and you know this. The world will twist everything to fit their narrative. They will pervert and twist to the point where young people coming up in the church, <clears throat> they get a boyfriend, all of a sudden they're living together. And you're going, how do you do that? You're a Christian. The Word of God is very clear about a lot of things. Do you know, folks, the more, the more childlike you are, the more simple the Word is? Do you notice that? It's not complicated. He said even a wayfaring fool can understand. So we got people that are finding, they'll twist facts and stuff. They'll make right and wrong and wrong right. Boy, do we find that in the Word coming true? I've never known in my life any time where right is wrong and wrong is right. And it's infiltrated the church. You know why? Because a church has dropped its guard and lost its first love. It's no, lo no longer about your relationship with Jesus it's about what he can do for you. God, give me, give me, give me, give me. How do I know that? Because the first time that you don't get an answer to prayer when you thought you should or you don't understand something, what do you do? Where was God? Folks, he hasn't moved a bit. Some of you may remember the little story I told about a husband and wife that were driving down the car, and little by little, she sat closer to the passenger door. And one day they were driving. She said, you know, we're not as close as we used to be. He looked at her and he said, I haven't moved. Folks, you can get as close to him as you want. You can, you can fall in love with him as much as you want. But you also have to deny yourself as much as you can. 
You need to take up your cross. What does that mean to take up your cross? That means follow me, do as I do. That's what Jesus is trying to teach us. <clears throat> Just Jesus must be on our mind and in our mind. There's a difference. Did you have Jesus on your mind today? Yeah, I thought about him. Oh, but was he in your mind? Did he talk to you? Did you have fellowship? Did you all of a sudden find yourself looking up at the sky and saying, Jesus, you're so awesome. You're amazing. I love you. You're just, you never fail. You start reviewing his character. Now you're talking about different. Now this is different than having him on your mind. It's having him in your mind. We must be allowed to lead our thoughts, our thought life. We must walk with spiritual sight, the ability to see not just him, but see who he is. Have you fallen in love with Jesus or have you fallen in love with who he is? Because if you fall in love with Jesus, you have an You know, you say the name Jesus, what do you usually think? A guy in a robe walking along the shore talking to the fisherman. Right. You have a certain image, right? And that's all right. Well, we have a certain image. But what will happen to that image if all of a sudden you fall in love with him and you become, let him become a part of you and you let him into your mind, not just on your mind? Then all of a sudden when you think about him, you, you kind of have to fight crying because he's that awesome. What does that mean? That means at least to a small degree you've gained a revelation of who you're serving. And folks, I'll tell you right now, the closer you get to him, the more you're going to be in awe the hum more humble you're going to be, the more thankful you're going to be, less complaining. That's what happens when you fall in love with him instead of know about him. Folks, it's not good enough to know about him through someone preaching or talking to you. That's a good start if they're telling you the truth, not just some facts going around. Because he should be the lover of your soul. He should be your first thought when you wake up. You know why? Because you're going to need him all day. You're going to need him with you all day. You're going to need favor. Oh, I like that word. You're going to need favor today. I need it every day. Our five senses respond to various stimulus, don't they? And we talked about this, carnal the word carnal comes to the word carne, as in chili con carne, chili with meat. That means you live by your five senses. It, when someone says you're carnal, it doesn't necessarily mean you just blew up at someone and hit someone. It just means that you're responding only to your physical five senses. And they're wonderful. Don't get me wrong. We've talked about this. Your five senses are wonderful. But let God use them to bless you instead of look to them as the determining factor in the decisions you make. Don't do that. Our five senses respond to various stimulus, as I mentioned. Are yours, our mind responding to knowing Jesus, knowing who he is? It's not enough to hear or read about him. We must walk in revelation on who he is. Folks, we've got to have revelation. That's why I said if you will ask for wisdom and don't doubt, I'll give it to you in abundance. Folks, I can't think of th something much greater you can start your day with than the Lord give me wisdom today. 
give me wisdom. Jesus, give me your mind. He said you had the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ. And yet, we don't know what he's doing. We have questions. We ask questions all the time. We wonder what in the world is going to happen. This happened in my life. Well, that, that's getting in the physical mind. And the five senses is what we call carnal. We can hear from God and then immediately erase, listen to this, we can hear from God, but then immediately erase his words with our own words, our own lips. It happens a lot. We hear from God. He's trying to talk to us. He's whispering in your ear. He's saying, don't say that. Don't go there. Do this. Go over here. Take this with you because I want you to bless someone today. He's talking to us all the time. But with our lips which comes from the mind, with our lips, we cancel things. We erase things that God wants to do. Philippians 4, 8, and 9. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Philippians 4, 8, and 9. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, I'm going to catch these words, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, Whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good report, of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, well, you want to nip gossiping in the bud, that's, that's right there. Meditate on these things. We talk about meditating. This means or to practice what you have learned. Meditate. Practice what you've learned. Like Jesus would say to disciples, how long do I have to be with you before you get this? He told me, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And what they do, they go, can we see the Father? <laughs> I mean, we just like, he's going, guys, I, I just told you, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So he had to work with what he had, didn't he? But we need to meditate, practice what we've learned. The things which you've learned and received and heard and saw in these do. Or model your way of living on it. It's another way of looking at it. Model your way of looking on it. Model. Practice. As one friend of mine said, practice makes permanent. Not just perfect. And the God of peace, of untroubled, undisturbed well-being, will be with you. Well, that's a great promise, isn't it? Let's break that down a little bit. I want to ask you a question. True, noble, just, pure. Are you getting kind of like, you feeling a little <laughs> conviction right now like I am? True, noble, just, pure, lovely, good report, virtue, praiseworthy. Let's break them down. True, without any doubt. No room for doubt when you serve God. If it's true, you cling to it. 
True, short for truth. Noble, something that elevates an act to excellence. Something that elevates an act to excellence. Noble. Just, always the right way to do it or see something. Always, the key word always. Always the right way to see or do something. Pure, the highest form of compliment. That's the way I see pure. The highest form. If it's pure, it's unadulterated. Without spot, without blemish, without wrinkle. That's Jesus. That's my God. Without any flaw or stain attached. Lovely, pleasing, and attractive in many fashions, not just physically. Good report. Worthy of sharing or knowing and honorable. Good report. Worthy of sharing or knowing and honorable. Please keep these words in mind because I'm going to ask you a question. Seven, virtue. Something deemed as respectful. Worthy of elevating to an example as an example to all. Virtue. Praiseworthy. The height of appreciation. Praiseworthy. The height of appreciation. Most honorable in everyone's eyes. You can have people that would deny seeing things, but they saw it in their heart. They may not admit it. You may feel like you haven't really reached someone, but they may not let you know that they see it. And they can't get away with it. That's why people will come to you and say a dirty word and say to you and no one else, I want to apologize, I'm sorry. Why did they just say that to you? Because they saw these things in you. And it convicts us in a wonderful way. Now, my question, do these describe you? Now, we just took our temperature, didn't we? No hands up, please. (laughs) Does this describe you? Well, I have to ask myself the same thing. So where are you in your thought life? Where are you and where am I? I must ask myself that every single day. I deal with my thought life every single day. And you do too, one way or another. You either surrender to it, give in to it. The Bible says take every thought captive. We're going to talk about that. I'm going to give you a little different twist on that. Whoever eventually gets control, listen to this. Whoever eventually gets control of the mind will eventually get control of the heart. And whoever eventually gets control of the heart will eventually get control of the will. And if the will is lost to the enemy, then the territory God has promised you will be lost. The territory he's promised you and I will be lost. And we're going to talk about territory a little bit too. By definition, this is separation from God. So let's review that for a moment. God wants us to have all these wonderful things like virtue and honor and praiseworthy things. This is what he wants coming out of your mouth. Guard your thoughts. Guard your heart. Because you will decide 
what to do with every thought. Now, you may say that slipped out. Well, what happened was you have practiced it so much that you don't even have to think about it anymore. It has bypassed that and gone directly to your will. And once you lose the control over your will, you are done. And you need to run to Jesus if there's still hope. Because once you surrender your thoughts, folks, then you'll surrender your heart, which is what responds to the mind, the heart. And once you do that, you will eventually surrender your will. And we like to think, see, even the world likes to think they're in control. Have you ever heard someone in the world get mad and say, I'm not normally like that? Because they have to live with themselves. Or you made me mad, Sandy. You, you, it's your fault. You made me mad. See, what the, see how the world deals with it? Even the world has to find a way to justify their, their ugliness. And that's why I'm so uh, stirred over the thought of gossip. And we joke about this. We say, well, as long as you say bless their heart, then it's not gossip. Or how about this one? You know, Mary, you know, Mary, you need to pray for her. You know why? You know what she did? See what we did? We justified gossip. And we have to live with ourselves. Even the world has to live with themselves or take their life. They've got to find a way to. And when they're limited by only their only God within them is themselves, when they're limited by that, they don't have hope. Have you ever talked to people who lose a loved one and say, I'll never see him again? And you think to yourself, oh, wouldn't that be awful if, it was, if we would never see him again? Wouldn't that be awful? Think about it. You and I have a great hope. And we should carry that on our, on our faces and our actions and the tone of our voice in these principles we went over in the Scripture. We, folks, you have something the world needs. They have no hope. Oh, they got big houses, a lot of money, kids that are all are doctors. My wife and I talk about this. We say, you know some people like the, the rich people and every one of their kids are doctors and they're all successful. What happened to mine, you know? <laughs> kids, you know, Lord. But, you know, folks, that doesn't give them hope. They don't have hope. You have hope. And they need what you have. But you've got to keep your mind stayed on him. You cannot let up. You cannot relax and let go. Folks, you can go on vacation and still keep your mind stayed on him. You don't have to go on vacation and do things you normally don't do, quote, air quotes. You can keep your mind stay on him everywhere. Everywhere you go. Because you're going to need it. Because you need what he has to tell you. You need his wisdom. You need his direction. You need to have the same spirit in you operating on the outside that raised him from the dead. You have it inside you as a believer. Now let's get it out. Get it out. We'll stop right there for the day. We'll continue on some of these messages and continue on breaking these down and talking about different territories and, and how God wants to claim and do things for you. 
how wonderful a plan he has for your life. Every one of you, tailor-made just for you. But he, oh, he wants you to dwell with him in spiritual realms as we've been preaching. Jesus, I want to thank you for the privilege of being with such a wonderful group of people online, in the church, and even on delay. Thank you for being with us. I speak blessings. You said, bless the Lord on my soul. You said, bless your enemies. Those that even curse you, you said, bless them. So I bless those that are listening right now, whether lost, backslidden, or even saved, and wanting to go deeper. I encourage you to lean not to your understandings and all your ways acknowledge Him. Let Him direct your paths. I speak blessings over you. Receive them. They're yours. Just don't let go of them. We'll talk about that too. Be blessed in the name of Jesus. Amen. I ask that you please hit like and share. You'll never know how much that helps us. Please hit like and share and uh, stay with us next time on Sunday morning. Join John Fowler and me. We do a John John program on Tuesday mornings at 8 on the same network uh, that you get this. Uh, we encourage you to join us. I have a um, a um, podcast called Growing with God. I have over 120 messages on there. I'd love for you to check them out and give me your response. We'd like to hear from you. So thank you so much for being with us. God bless you, and we will see you next time. Stick around for this service at 1115 here at Gasway at the Pulse as well. Thank you. Bye-bye.